And now, being Diva, the voice and layers. Welcome back for another edition of BDSM Talks the Bulls. This week, it's the Palindrome edition, the USF-FSU matchup. As always, I'm Billy. I'm Devo, and this is, at this point, the other edition of USF uh, BDSM Talks the Bulls. Yes. I was out last week, so we didn't get to give you the NIU rundown or the Syracuse outlook. Right, and I was going to try like a solo episode just to keep consistency, but I lost uh-huh. my voice for most of Wednesdays, so that wouldn't you have know, worked out. I tried to do like a, I was just curious, and I turned the mic on and I had Audacity going, and like I was like, okay, I can't do this. Right. And then I turned it off. I don't know. It's just <laughs> like how a guy like Jim Rome can feel, you know three hours uh as a solo guy just blows my mind i mean he takes a few calls but maybe only like three or four calls an hour like sure it's pretty impressive so um anyway welcome back to uh bdsm show talks the bulls we've got some catching up to do um, right when we last left you um usf has now won their first three games Three no for the first time with with Taggart. That's uh, that's great. I think it's three and zero for the first time since, since two thousand eleven. Two thousand eleven. Yep. Yep. So hopefully and the rest of the season goes a little more smoothly than that one. We uh, we I say we like I played um, USF went to um, went to the Carrier Dome. Hey, we can say we because we went there. We did go there. So, I guess you're right. We could say know, we. For we some are ownership. USF. Um, we went to the Carrier Dome, and um, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it yet, we won. Correct. Um, The game... Hold on, let me get my notes. Uh, puckered my butthole a little bit. It was a slow start. Slow is a way of putting it, yeah. You know, Kyle was here watching it with me. His, and um, we both were a little nervous. We're like, oh, boy. The thing that worried me from the start, because they took the ball first, Syracuse did, which I kind of expected. With the, with the team, Dino Babers is, a, um, is I guess, a, a Baylor. Uh, he, he learned under our Bryles. So he's taking some of that offensive acumen to where he's gone. At Bowling Green, they put up a lot of numbers. Uh, with an offense like that, it's very high-paced. They're basically looking to run a play pretty much every eight seconds, uh, if not faster. So my worry was that they were going to get the ball, they were going to go down and score real quick, and then we would go three and out, and then they would get the ball back and go down and score real quick. And before you knew it, we're down two scores, and we're playing catch-up, and we're five minutes into the game. That's pretty much exactly what happened. And before we knew it, we were in a 17 nothing hole. Um, I believe the field goal came last, so we kind of, like, we finally started getting our bearings straight. And we ended up, 
going on a tear after that. Uh, we outscored them forty-five to three the rest of the way. We were outscored seventeen to nothing in the first quarter, and then there just it is. beat the dog out of them in the last three quarters. So, I mean, it was pretty impressive. It was. It was. Um... It was nice to see that even with a slow start, they could put up the amount of points that they did put up. Right? Yeah. It was. It was. Um, it was a quick turnaround because it. It was so I, at seventeen nothing. I'm thinking there was. I had two two lines of thinking. I'm going okay. Either we're going to really USF this thing <laughs> and just get run out of the building when all we finally have momentum going and people are talking about us, or we're going to get our bearings straight. We're going to turn around. We're going to score quick. We're going to get right back in this thing. We had a lead again by halftime. And then the second half, we pulled away. I mean, after <clears throat> after they started off 17 to nothing, when we finally got our bearings straight. We scored 28 straight. They scored a field goal to bring it to 28-20, and that's as close as they got. So it was a good, it was a good performance. It was a good gut check because we got punched in the dick right off the bat. A few times, and we managed to gather ourselves enough to strap on the old titanium cup and start throwing some punches back at Syracuse's dick. Well, and that's what one of the quotes Willie Taggart has was that, you know, he he kind of liked it because he got to see his guys, you know, at this point, they've just been boat racing everybody. Right. Right. So at this point, this was the first time his team saw what he called adversity. Right. He's like, you know, and it's like, how do you react to, a, you know, being shut off for the first 15 minutes of the game? Right. And he said, you know, they just, they, they said, okay, bring it on. Let's, let's do this. Absolutely. So, so it, it was a good gut check. USF is 10, 10, 12. Um, no, I'm sorry. Uh, has won 10 of its last 12 games. Yes. If you go back to last season. Yep. That's incredible. Yeah. It's impressive. Um so and they've scored more than more than 45 they what the average was like 48 or something like that I read. They scored more than 45 points in all three of their games so far. Yeah. And which I is think fucking it's like, unheard of for USF. 7 or 8 straight games of 35 plus points now. That was it. Yeah, yep. And when you consider where this offense was a couple years ago, where if the other team got to 17, we were fucked. Yeah, that's exactly that's right. It's night and day. Dude, I remember there would be games where the score where they get to 21, and I'd be like, ugh, fuck, it's over. Right. 17. You know what I mean? Even if, 17 even if we had was the line of demarcation. That was it. Yep. Right up until the Memphis game, which we lost 24 to 17. And then Syracuse was the next week. In Taggart let them loose, and we have not looked back. And that was the other thing that worried me, because everybody kept talking about, well, Syracuse was the launching point. That was when they turned it around. And I'm like, what? what? It would be coming around in a big fuck you way if we came in here and fucking <laughs> flopped against Syracuse. So I had faith. Uh, you know me. Like, I'm the type that's going, okay, if we score real quick, and we get the ball back real quick. We can do this. We could do that. We could we could make up forty points in the last ten minutes. Uh, so I had the positive outlook. I I had a feeling we were going to come back. There was no way they were going to keep going eighty yards down the field, you know, every drive and just and just 
mash us for the whole game. You know, there was not a chance that uh-huh. was going to happen. And eventually the offense was going to get clicking. It always does. So, I, like we said, it was a good gut check. The guys took a shot. They got back up. You find out what the, the mental makeup is of the team. Are they the type that's going to just say, fuck it, and mail it in once they're down? Or are they the type that's going to say, uh, not today? Not or, today. I like not that. Not today. But uh, um, it was good. It was a good comeback. It was a great. It was the second largest comeback win in USF history. Was so, it really? I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, the other was I believe twenty-seven to seven with Tulsa a couple years back when we still had Mike White. Oh, when good old Mike and, White. Yeah, and we came back and won. You know, thirty, thirty-eight, thirty-five, or thirty-eight, thirty-three, or whatever the hell score was. So. Um, uh, let's see here. Any other, I found this really wonderful, like, uh, fact page. Right. I was just looking to see if there's anything else I wanted to mention about, uh, Syracuse before we start our preview. Did you have anything else you want to mention about Syracuse? Well, I just wanted to give a couple things that were yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah, let's hear. what you got? Some, some good things and some neat improvement things. I do want to give some love to Dearness Johnson, but I'm sure you're going to get there. Oh, I'm going to be all over him. <laughs> First of all, Rodney Adams, three touchdowns, one burner, one receiving on a on a bubble screen that he took to the house from like I think twenty seven yards out, Mm -hmm. and then he, (laughs) excuse me, he had uh, two jet sweeps for touchdowns, Uh, so he was good on the ground too. (laughs) Um, On one of those jet sweeps, we were going to segue into Dearness Johnson. Uh, Dearness Johnson uh, was lead blocking and stopped the safety dead in his tracks in a uh, a rugged shoulder-on-shoulder block to spring Adams for the touchdown. Dearness Johnson also had a punt return touchdown. He did throw a pass that went incomplete. He ran the ball. So pretty much the only thing he didn't do in this game was kick a field goal or punt it. Or block a kick, right? Right. Um, I mean, he does everything. Dearness Johnson's my favorite player on the team. He really is. Like he does, and it's not just because he's from the two three nine. He does everything on the team. He returns kicks. He returns punts. He's he's a running back. He throws the ball. He catches the ball. He run blocks. He pass blocks. I. The only thing he hasn't done for us is, is kick field goals and punt. And play defense. But I'm sure if they said, hey, we need you to fill in at Stinger because we're kind of low on bodies, do you mind? He'd go in. And he was his high school team's punter. So if they said, hey, Hernandez and Gordon both somehow broke their leg walking out from the locker room at halftime, do you think you can go out there and, and kick a few punts? He'd be all over it. That's why I love him. He's just the type, coach, get me on the field any way you need. Whatever you need. Yeah. So he was exceptional in this game. Um, and on that subject, perimeter blocking was great all game. Every time we ran outside, the receivers blocking on the outside were holding their blocks, springing big runs. Uh, the the uh, bubble screen touchdown that Adam scored, the two receivers out on that side with him, perfect blocks. The jet sweeps, great blocking on the outside. 
Like that's that's been one of the the big keys for this year so far is the receivers blocking on the outside have been outstanding. And I believe they asked Marquez Valdez Scantling about it, and he said, you know, they they take it as a personal challenge, and they enjoy it. Like they legitimately, some receivers don't care to block. They just let me run my routes and give me touchdowns. They enjoy blocking. They get something well, it out shows. of it. So that was good. And the one thing I do want to uh, I want to big up the punter Hernandez, who we kind of dogged in the first episode of BDSM Toxicals because the punting against Towson was not very good. Mm-hmm. But oh, that's right. It has been. I, he's vastly improved the last two weeks with Northern Illinois and Syracuse. He had, I think, five punts down inside the 20 against Syracuse and yep. a few punts down inside the 10. I want to say he's he now leads the American Conference in punting average over 42 yards. And for him, when he was averaging 38.5 after the first game, that's a big improvement. That's huge. So especially I, on a team that's got as many points on the board as they do, he probably he's not getting exactly a ton of opportunities to punt. Right, and it, I mean that's the thing. Like we we dogged him after week one, or I should say I dogged him. So I feel like I I have to at least big up him here, and say the last two weeks it's been a huge improvement, and he's been a key asset so far. Syracuse, I mean they they got to a point where. Every drive was starting inside their 20. You can only pull the 16-play 80-yard drive so many times. So field position was huge. And he was a big part of that. So good for him. A um, couple things that I'd like to see improve. Uh, the defense got off to kind of a slow start. Although I will say they did improve in the second half. Uh, Woody, the defensive coordinator whatever adjustments he made, whether it was just being more aggressive, stuffing them in the middle, forcing them to throw. Um, it worked. I mean, in the first quarter, we gave up like 250 yards of offense, and I think we gave up 250 the rest of the way, the other three quarters. So there was definitely, and for an offense that ran 100 plays, the, I don't know if you realize that Syracuse ran 100 plays on offense. Wow. That's absolutely insane. So the defense got better as the game went on. It seemed like they got stronger as the game went on. You know, like they tightened the vice grip, uh, had a couple picks. So, you know, I can put the down as needs to improve. I would like to see a faster start on defense, maybe be lights out from the beginning. But it's not really too much to harp on against a team like Syracuse, who's – Designed to just run play after play after play after play after play and, and get you on your heels. They played well enough. And the other the other thing, I would like to see Quentin Flowers get a little better on the short and intermediate throws because he's still kind of been inconsistent, you know, the first couple of weeks on those short throws. The long throws have been perfect. Uh, the throw to Reishing Bronson against Northern Illinois down the sideline was picture perfect. Is a gorgeous spiral. Dropped it in his bread basket on the run. Everything about it was perfect. He throws a beautiful deep ball. But 
the short and intermediate passes have just been wildly inconsistent. And they, they noted it during the Syracuse broadcast. Like A lot of it seems like it's when he's still shuffling his feet and he's trying to get the pass out quick that he doesn't really get his base under him, and so the mm-hmm. throw is, is not 100% accurate. There were some throws against Syracuse that were on the money. So it's there. It's just a matter of consistency. I mean, there were a few throws where he just zipped it into a window a, a couple inches wide, you know, just line drive. The in, in, intermediate passes, I, they were great. But it's just it's been so inconsistent. I would like to see him improve on that because if he can consistently hit those passes, nobody's beating us. Nobody's stopping this offense if we're hitting those short and intermediate passes to go along with the bombs and to open up the run game. Nobody. There's not a team out there that's going to stop us. So, I mean, coming out of Syracuse, I I feel very confident for the season. Uh, you know, like we said, it, it was a good bounce back. So we see the kid, the team has got some guts. Yep. The kids have some moxie. They're not just going to fold when the going gets tough. Some wherewithal. Yeah, they got some balls. They got brass balls. So it's good ho- to see. Hook spa? Yeah. Um now they are are three now. Um the game this week is unfortunately a noon game. Right. Um there have uh it's on its way to being a sellout. Yes. The um USF has advised that they've got nine ninety five hundred tickets given away already for students. Yes. Um, but now that the third deck is open and free and clear, they said they have room for up to 12,000 total students. Yeah, and that was back in 2007, they expanded the student section to 12,501. To the third deck. They added a bun- you know, a couple of sections on the third deck. Yeah, and that what that was was at the time, West Virginia had the largest student section at 12,500. So they were oh, like, nice. meh, 12,501, yeah. dukes. Sounds about right. Yeah, so uh, we do have that ability, and with the third decks open, that's a possibility. Um, they said they, you know, the stadium capacity is what, like sixty-five and some change. Technically sixty-five, yeah. So if you want a ticket, you can probably still find them. Um, they're definitely on StubHub. Yep. Um, it's Saturday at noon. You can come to our tailgate. Uh, my pops and Will will be there at like seven a.m. Right, six thirty or whatever. Fuck that. I will probably be leaving my house at like seven a.m. to go to the stadium. We might get there at nine ish. <laughs> nine. We got a long drive. Yeah, I mean, we'll leave probably leave the house around eight or so. Now you guys are not bringing the kids. No, kids are going with the grandparents. Are they spending the, the night? For or the you drop them off in the morning. Oh, they're they're going. My mom's picking them up Friday night. Now let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. I hate that cat, by the way, if you can hear him meowing. Oh, yeah. He's about to get a Galaxy 5 thrown at him. <laughs> nice. Uh, Shut the fuck up. So you guys probably heard that. Sorry. Yeah, absolutely did. Um, why don't you guys come up? Maybe you know, do a little sleepover action? I will be working really late, probably, Friday night. Oh, uh, you gotta work. Yeah, my <clears throat> last two Fridays have been 2 a.m.ers. Holy shit. Yeah. So I'm hoping to get most of what I need to do Friday done before Friday. Yeah, don't come up here at 3 a.m. 
so that I can be done like by 10 or 11 <clears throat> so that we can get up at like 7 o'clock and I'm not just like yeah. dog tired. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so if you guys want to come to the tailgate, uh, you're more than welcome. It'll be an eggs and kegs kind of deal. Yep. Fewer children. I know Brent and Erica, I think, were leaving their kids with the grandparents. Yep. Um, uh, I've been t- talked out of my kids, so we will also be kidless. Julie and Chris are finding a sitter for their little one. So it'll just be like the college days. No kids around. Yeah. I uh, Although I'm still technically recovering from surgery, so I probably won't have a ton of beers. Yeah, probably not a good idea. I will have a few. Oh, if I fall, I'll be just probably, I'll probably die if I fall. Maybe. So, um, but yeah, Adam will be there. He's bringing his dad. You know, all the season ticket people were allowed to buy, like, companion tickets. Oh, yeah. So, um, I was, my dad should have bought them and just put them on StubHub. Sure. Uh, but then you run the risk of uh, Florida State fans. Yeah. Here's, so. here's the thing. The attendance is going to be great. The attendance is going to be through the roof. It's going to be the the biggest uh, game ticket-wise since the last time Florida State came to town. It's already qualified, at least distributed tickets-wise, as one of the top ten attended games in USF history. And the tickets are still selling. Students are coming out in grand fashion. They've already got almost 10000 like you noted. Here's the thing I want to say. I want to say to USF students and USF fans who may be thinking about it, if you're going to consider wearing FSU gear to this game and you're a USF student or alumni, uh, you're an asshole. Yeah, I can get behind that. Fuck off, die in a fire. Period. That makes you an asshole. The only scenario in which you can be a USF student and wear any kind of FSU gear is if you're an FSU undergrad and you're working on a graduate degree at USF. That's, That's correct. the only way it's acceptable. And that I can you also have to be wearing, get behind that. You have to be wearing both teams. Period. Yep. Um, my buddy Aaron, he went to the University of Florida for undergrad. Yeah. And, and he went, went to, to Miami. Miami. And he's like, I can't stand the Miami fans. Right. I can't stand the Miami program. So... But He's it a, turns out they have a good school. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but it's so. But he's a Gator fan, and he always will be until right. the day he dies. He's a Gator fan. I see. I get that the undergrad graduate student thing. I get that because you know, like I said right at the beginning of this, we we can say we because we went to the school. We're a part of the school. We are the school. So I get if you went somewhere else. You got a degree, and now you're here at USF working on a graduate degree. I get that there's loyalty to that school because you put a lot of money into that school. But if you're a USF student and you've never been a student anywhere else but USF, and I don't give a fuck if you grew up a Florida State fan or a Florida fan or a Miami fan or a Texas fan or Notre Dame or whatever fuck-faced school that's not USF. (laughs) If you're a USF student, and you are, you've only ever been a USF student, and you're wearing another school's gear, you're an asshole. You're the problem. It's bad karma for so, you. Like, bad shit's going to happen to you. And I'm not, it's not like a threat. It's just the universe will punish you for being a dickhead. Right. And if you're going to attempt to wear FSU gear in the student section on Saturday, I fuck you. 
I read somewhere that they were going to be turning people around. Good. I hope they do. Like that, that makes you they an were asshole. Say that the student section is for students and people who want USF to succeed. Yeah. So um, you want to wear FSU gear? Wear it in the visitors section. Go to hell. <laughs> right, exactly. Go buy a ticket. And Don't use your like free I read, ticket. For I read that. somewhere on one of the USF boards that uh, one of the guys was talking to somebody he tailgates with or next to, and they were like, "All they all went to USF. They all graduated from USF." But next week or the next game, they were going to be wearing FSU colors because they grew up FSU fans. You people are the fucking problem. This is why USF can't get a consistent fan base. What the fuck? Like, listen, I grew up a Florida State fan. I watched a lot of Florida State games growing up. The moment I enrolled at classes at USF, Florida State can eat shit. It's USF yeah. or bust. I had a Florida State hat. And a couple of t-shirts when I was in high school. Um, but you're right. The second I enrolled in at USF, I've, I, all that stuff went to the bottom of the drawer, the back of the closet, and I never touched it again. Right. That's your shitty doing yard work shirt. If that even. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, I again, this is this is solely to students who think, well... I grew up an FSU fan, so I'm going to wear Florida because we're playing Florida State. Uh, I'm going to wear their gear. You're an asshole. Fuck you. Go to hell. Uh, yep. Why go to Florida State if that's where you, who you want to root for? Now the uh, the perfect storm in a bad way happened last week for South Florida. Right. For to set up this week's game, Florida State went to Louisville and got their shit pushed in. Oh, hardcore. And that was basically the worst thing that could happen for USF this week. You know, the best case scenario was, you you know, they go to Louisville, they win a squeaker, and they get banged up. Right? Injuries happen. I'm not saying I want people to get injured, but I wanted to be tired. Right. Or they go to Louisville and win running away, and they come in overconfident. Right. Looking past USF. Right. So... What happened is um, Louisville's put up, what was it, like 65 points or something like that? 63, I 63 believe. 63 points, which is like unheard of. In, in Florida State, yeah. A Florida, like modern day Florida State. That's never happened to Florida State. Um, so now the problem is they don't come in ranked number two. Right. Which makes our win over them shitty. Or shittier. It's still a good win. Right. Um, but I would way rather beat a number two than a number 13. Sure. Um, also, it um, it puts the focus back on USF. Right. They're not looking past USF anymore. Now it's a redemption game. Now it's a statement game. Sure. Now it's, it's a message to send to the coaches and the AP that, hey, we belong in the top four. Sure. You know, last week was a fluke. We lost to a good team. So watch us smash this average team. Right. So little do they know. <laughs> right. USF is no average team. We're going to take it to them. But they're going to come in with that mentality, like let's run it up. They're going to have better focus, I think. I think you're right. But hey, it may not help them. It this is, not, a, and that's why they strap the pads on. You know what I mean? Right. This is a team that. When we're playing our best, we are fully capable of beating Florida State. Fully capable. 
We've got the offense. The defense is there most of the time. <laughs> if the defense plays consistent, if we can get any pressure with the D-line, we might fuck them up. Because their offensive line looked fucking terrible against Louisville. It looked terrible for most of the time against Ole Miss until Ole Miss's defense spent the entire second half on the field. That was when they finally overwhelmed them. They weren't better than Ole Miss's D-line at the start. They were getting worked over. So the O-line was supposed to be a strength for them. So far, it has not been. If our D-line can can consistently bring pressure, they might be in trouble. Dalvin Cook doesn't have running lanes. That uh, Patrick kid that they got uh, changing, changing up for Dalvin Cook won't have running lanes. If we can get pressure with the defensive line, I who knows? Anything can happen in this game. So, I mean, the offense, our offense is number seven in the nation scoring-wise. Averaging almost 50 points a game. If we get yep. over 40, we're winning. Yeah, I, 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 could see, I could see that. If we get over 30, the only way we're losing is if it's a shootout. And they're going to have to hang over 40 on us. And that's that's one of those games where the last person who has the ball wins a game. Right. So we're fully capable of beating Florida State. They can talk about they want to come in more focused all they want. But this team is focused too. And we know they've got the guts. They went through the gut check last week. That was a perfect game. We couldn't have asked for a better game to happen for us going into this game. The worst thing that could have happened is we just cruised. We needed a gut check. We needed these guys to see that it's not just going to come easy. Florida State's going to make us work for it if we want the win. I think we're capable so it's going to be a fun game, especially especially in front of fifty six or sixty thousand people. Even for a noon game, it's going to be electric. So I will say this: the last time we played them at noon on ABC, uh, we dump trucked them in their own house. So well, I like our chances. Just woke up. I like our odds here, man. Well, Finney's going to come lay down next to me. Okay. <laughs> Relax, buddy. I'll be I'm almost done. Um, let's see here. So we got a good shot at it. Uh Marlon Mack is only slightly a uh, few less yards than Dalvin Cook. Right. And he um, missed a game. Yeah, yep. So I am uh I'm I'm I feel good about this game. I'm just worried that the statement is coming. You know what I mean? Right, they're going to want to take it out on us. Right, exactly. By the same token, you get up a couple scores on them early, get off to a fast start, and does their mindset become fuck here we go again? Yep, exactly. You know. So one thing I would like to see Marlon Mack is 100, about 140-some yards away from setting the USF record for career rushing. It's entirely possible it could come in this game. What I would love to see is Marlon Mack pull on FSU, what Dalvin Cook did to us last year with 266 yards and four touchdowns or whatever the yeah, hell it was. Yeah, that would be amazing. So that would be awesome. 
But we'll see. So I know on the season prediction show, I picked Florida State to win. Are you updating your pick? I am going to go ahead and switch it up um, for this BDSM Talksables. I'm going to take USF for the upset, and I'm going to say, uh, let's go 35-20. Okay. I had USF pick to win this game, um, but I also had us both pick to come in to this game at 3-0. Right. So I, my heart says we don't win this game, and that Jimbo Fisher writes the ship. Right. Because if they lose, I hate to say their season's over, but if they lose to us, their season's over. Well, in regards to playoffs, maybe. Yeah, those. I mean, you know, they're they t- they're talking title talk over there. Right. And you know, if you're Florida State, and you got Showtime following you around, you know, making the show. Um, that becomes entirely less interesting when there's not title implications. Absolutely. So they're going to be playing for their lives. Well, you know, we'll be playing for our lives too. I mean, it's not a conference game. We're supposed to lose it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. But if we want to crash the polls and we want a chance to get, you know, make some noise on the national scene, we've got to win this game. <clears throat> so we have I think far less to lose than they do. I mean they sure they could lose their oh, shot yeah. at the national I don't think they're in the national title picture now. I don't think you take a, a forty point loss like that on the road, even to a team that's now in the top five mm-hmm. and get back in the national title picture. I just don't, don't see think, it. You don't think they make it back up to number four if they win out? I don't think so, no. Not okay. it, if Louisville if Louisville, Louisville will out, win the ACC. Right. They're not getting back into that picture. Okay. Because one of Michigan or Ohio State is going to be undefeated at the end of the year. And the other one will have a loss to a top five Michigan or Ohio State. So I would take that over Florida State as long as it's not a blowout. And Alabama's going to be in there. Alabama's going to kick the dog shit out of everybody. The Pac-12 is not going to be there. The the Big 12 is not going to be there. So I think Houston's going to get in if we don't knock them off in the American Championship game. I don't think there's a spot for Florida State. Not after taking that beating at the hands of Louisville. They may think that they still have a shot, so maybe that's what they're playing for. But we're not supposed to win, so we're playing with house money. Quite frankly. Okay. Um, Let's see here. I'll keep it with a win uh, for South Florida. We'll okay. both pick a win. Um, you want to put a score on it? Yeah, give it to me. We're going to win 35-28. Okay. We'll have the ball last. Sure. That'll work out for me. I don't care. However we win, just win. Yep, just win. I'm good with that. And honestly, if we win by if we lose by less than twenty, I'm also good with that. The spread on the game is six points. Right. So that's great. So we're either gonna win or not beat the spread. <laughs> right. In all likelihood. Um and 
who do we have the week after? Cincinnati the week after that. Yes. So we'll talk yes, about that next week. Yes. So if you're interested, the game will be on ABC. Correct. Locally, I'm not sure about inter, you know nationally, but I know I at believe, least the local ABC. I believe it's a national broadcast. Oh shit! So, so it'll be on ABC. Set your DVRs. Um, the last week's game, Syracuse, will be on uh, ESPN three as a replay. Correct. And um, we look forward to seeing you guys at the tailgate. Absolutely, come on out. So go Bulls. Absolutely. And we'll see you guys for the next episode. Love you. Bye.